I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. It is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word says that it will never return to you void. So, Father, we've come expecting from the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts today. And as I step back, I allow the Spirit of God to minister to your people. And I thank you, Father. Minds will be transformed today. Hearts will be changed. And our lives will never, ever be the same after having heard the word of truth. I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following your word as you have said. And we thank you and we praise you in advance for our lives never being the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled Maximizing Your Faith. Everybody say Maximizing Your Faith. And today we're actually on our seventh lesson. And the goal of this whole series is number one, to help you understand what faith is. Number two, to help you understand what faith has the ability to do. And then number three, teach you how to use your faith. Now, as you should know by now, Faith is the essential ingredient to your success as a believer. The Amplified Version of 1 John 5, 4 says this, For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, watch this, even our faith. Now, I love the the message translation. It puts it like this. It says, Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways the power that brings the world to its knees is our faith so just look at your neighbor and say all you need is your faith amen and so it's critical that you and i know what faith is and how we need to use it now last week uh our lesson title was faith to receive and so uh the focus of last week's message was to discuss with you the prerequisites of receiving. In other words, when you go to college, a lot of times before you allow to uh, take your major courses, you must take these preliminary courses or prereqs. That's what they call them. And so we discussed the prereqs of uh, receiving on last week. Now, if you're taking notes, our lesson title is the same, which is faith to receive, but this is part two. Now, the goal of today's message is to solidify your understanding of what it means to spiritually receive. And then today, I'm going to give you some steps on what you need to do to receive in the physical, to receive in the natural, to receive into manifestation God's best for your life right now. Everybody say right now. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Colossians chapter 1 verse 12, Colossians 1 12. 
And then we're going to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. That was Colossians 1, 12, and then 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Now, I'm going to warn you in advance, just like I did at the beginning of the series, that I am going to use a lot of Scripture. Here is why. I believe this is probably going to be one of the most important messages I've ever done in my life. Because I know if you grab what I'm going to teach you today, your life will never be the same. Now, God's blessings that he has for us already exist. Everybody say they already exist. And when something needs to be done, it's really on our end. And I'm going to show you because, see, God already knows what he's going to do. When Jesus got ready to feed the multitude of 5,000 or more, because the Bible says it was 5,000 men, the scripture says that he had five loaves of fish, or five loaves and then two fish. Well, in John 6, 6, you can just take a note of it. He told his disciples to go and feed the people, but the Bible says he only did this to test to see where they were. And the Bible says he already knew what he was going to do. So before we have a need, before we have a challenge, before anything is happening in our lives, God already knows what he's going to do. Why? Because the resources exist already. Everybody say already. So I have four ways that I'm going to talk to you about receiving what God has promised in his word today. Now, doing these four things will bring into manifestation God's promises for your life. So here's number one, and they all start with an SP. So that can, hopefully you can help, that'll help you remember. And so the first one is we must maintain a spiritual perspective. Everybody say a spiritual perspective. See, you and I already have a spiritual position. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him, watch this, who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. God, when we got saved, he took us out of darkness and he placed us into light. And what's interesting is, that means now, we are spirit. Everybody say, we are spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. We are not body, soul, spirit. See, if you see yourself as body, soul, spirit, that means your focus is going to be in the natural first. But go to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. They'll put it on the screen. I'm going to read it. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, watch this now, your whole what? Spirit. Oh, are they on that screen? Okay. I'm in first Peter chapter. What did I say? First Peter chapter two, verse nine. What? First Thessalonians. Right. My bad. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Let's try, let's try this again. 1 first, first Thessalonians 5.23. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray God that your whole what? Spirit and what? Soul and what? Body be preserved blameless. Notice the order. He says spirit, soul, and body. Because when you go back to the big book of Genesis, God created the spirit of man first. He said, you know, when he made man, he says, you know, 
let us create man in our image. And the Bible says, in the image of God created he them, male and female created he them. And then it was after that, the Bible says, he formed Adam's body out of the ground. And then after he made the body, the Bible says, he breathed into to Adam the breath of life and man became a living soul. So you are spirit first. Just look at your neighbor and say, you are spirit first. Amen. And, and this is why that's important because that will help you maintain your spiritual perspective. Amen. Because, the, listen, it's in the spirit arena where God's blessings exist for you and I to receive first. Now, I have two volunteers that's going to help me with the message today. So I want you all to give my two volunteers a big hand as they come. Just, just clap for them. Just clap. Come on, just clap for them. If you all come on this step right here, and uh, one get on that end over there, and uh, y'all come one over here, over there, and one over here, and uh, let's try to center this. All right, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Very good, very good. Now, this sheet represents four sides of things. It represents the natural and darkness. This side represents spirit and light. Everybody say darkness and natural, spirit and life. All right. Now, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 12, it reads this, and they're going to put it on the screen. It says, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us to be partakers of the inheritance of saints in the light. So when you become a saint... You become in the light. Watch what it says in verse 13. Who has delivered us, watch this now, from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So if you notice here, he's saying there is a darkness side, but once you become a saint, you get translated from this side over unto this side. Now watch verse 13. It says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who, watch this now, is the image of the invisible God. Now I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying because notice the description of God was one of invisible. Now, I don't believe nobody in here has ever seen God in the physical. If you've never seen God in the physical, raise your hand. Never seen him. All right. That means God is an invisible God. Look at verse uh, 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and in earth. Watch this. Visible and invisible. Now, let's stop there because that tells me that there are some things that exist that are visible but there are also some things that exist that are invisible and just because it's not visible doesn't mean it don't exist just because I can't see it don't mean it's not there now watch this now it says here in verse 16 for he made all things, and uh, he created in heaven, earth, visible, invisible, whether it be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created by him 
and for him. So there is an invisible world and there is a visible world. Everybody say there's an invisible world and there's a visible world. Amen. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Now go to 2 Corinthians. I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now would you all go down one more step? Go down one more step for me. All right. Good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look in verse 18. Now this is critical. Touch your neighbor and say this is critical. And I don't need you. It's good for you to take notes. But this is one of those messages that you got to grab it. See, some things are taught and then some things are caught. I need you to hear both of them today. You can go back and watch the video this week. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, watch what he says. While we look not at the things that are seen, all right, but the things which are not seen. Wow. How do I look on the things that are not seen? How can you see something that's invisible? Watch this now. For the things that are seen over here are temporary. But the things that are not seen are what? Eternal. So you and I's spiritual perspective should be towards the invisible and the supernatural. Why? Because this realm over here is subject to change. Are you all with me? Now turn your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 1. Here is now the center of what I want to teach you and lay a foundation before we move forward. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Now watch what it says to us. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this now. Who, what? Hath. Let me ask you a question. Is the word hath Past tense or present tense? It is past tense. He's saying here, blessed be the God of our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, which means it's already happened. He's already done what? Blessed us, watch this now, with some spiritual blessings. How many? Oh, so watch this now. It's telling us that God has already blessed us With all of the spiritual blessings, let's see where they exist. In where? In heavenly places in Christ. Now, I love the NIRV version. It says, give praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Those blessings come from the heavenly world. They belong to us because we belong to Christ. So listen to what I'm saying. God has already blessed us with all of the spiritual blessings that you and I need. So here's the thing. God has the ability. Y'all want, want, they're going to sub out because they got to stand here the whole time. So y'all don't pay pay attention to them, pay attention to me. All right. Thank you, Jermaine. I appreciate you, brother. All right. Now, watch this. God has the ability to see on both sides or both realms. He can see on the natural side. He can see on the spiritual side. But when you and I got born again, when we made Jesus Lord, before Jesus, we could only see this. 
But when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, your spirit comes alive to the things of God. And now, just like God can see on both sides, when you get born again of his spirit, now you and I can see on both sides. Then you say, well, pastor, I can't see on both sides. The reason why is because you don't keep your spiritual eyeglasses on. Amen. Your spiritual eyeglasses is the word. See, the way you and I can see on both sides is as long as I know the word, I know what's on this side. If I don't know the word, I am just subject to this side. So now I'm subject to things to change. I'm subject to situations and I'm subject to ups and downs and all the way around. You know, they sung songs like that growing up. I'm subject to that. But if I can see on both sides, listen, I don't worry about what I don't have because I still see what I do have. Are you all with me? So this is why you and I must renew our minds, which are carnal, natural. We must renew it to think and see on this side. That's why you got to learn the word. Because the word will help you stay spiritual. It'll help you keep a spiritual perspective. Can I get an amen? Amen. So when your mind is renewed, it won't bother you to see in the natural realm. Now, this is my handkerchief. Whose is it? It's mine. Can you see it? But that that don't mean it's still not mine. And that don't mean it don't exist. And see, all of our spiritual blessings are on this side. And what I'm going to show you today is how to transfer it from over here to over here. See, most people don't understand how to make the transfer. Amen. So now here is the second point that I want you to write down. Here's your second SP. We must activate our spoken proclamation. We must activate our spoken proclamation. Now, because, here's why. What's on the other side is the invisible world, and that invisible world is spirit. Which means now, it's going to take something spiritual to get it from this spiritual side. You cannot access spiritual things With a carnal mindset. That's why the Bible says, no flesh shall see God. You can't. It's impossible. Now, what's interesting is, anything spiritual can reside on both sides. But only the flesh can reside on one side. Are you all with me? So let me show you how your proclamation makes the transfer from the spirit to the natural. Now, in Genesis chapter 1. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Put it up on the screen. Genesis 1. Now, we all know this verse, but I want you to see it. What are the first three words? Say it again. One more time. In the beginning. I want you to pay attention to those three, those three words. In the beginning, God created what? 
heaven and an earth. Heaven, the side that you can't see, the earth that you can see, right? Now watch what happened. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Now wait a minute, before we keep going, I want you to notice God was looking at the natural, and all he could see was darkness. And that's what happens sometimes with us. We get in a situation, and all we see is darkness. You're in your marriage, and all you can see your husband doing is acting up in darkness. You see your kids. They're not, listen, the Bible says train them up in the way they should go. But right now, they look like they're avoiding all the training. Everybody say, that's darkness. But notice what happens. God did something. He said, watch now. Watch his spiritual proclamation. He said, let there be light and what? And there was light. So here's my question. Where did he get the light from? Okay, watch this now. Watch this. Write down. You can just write this down. James chapter 1 verse 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of what? You know where he got light from? He got light from this side. He got light from himself. When God saw that what he was looking at is not what he wanted, he decided to use his words to speak into existence and take the words from over here. The moment he spoke, it moved this spiritual thing over into the natural. Now, watch this now. John chapter 1, verse 1. John 1, 1. I'm about to make this make sense to you. Because see, sometimes when you are taught something, it's got to be taught differently so you can get it. Because see, some of you all, you're you're hurting your own self by just what you're saying. Now watch this. John chapter 1, verse 1. What's the first three words in that verse? Wow, that sounds interesting, don't it? Where else do we read that? We read that in Genesis. It says, in the beginning, what? Was the Word. Wow. And the what? Word was what? With God. And the Word was God. So God used His Word from the beginning to initiate, watch this, the transfer from darkness into light. Or light into darkness. He spoke it. Everybody say he spoke it. He used his faith to activate the transfer. It's almost like God's word was his login ID and his faith was the password. You got to have both of them to make a transaction. So his word when he spoke it was his ID. But his faith made the transfer. Now let me explain something to you because this is powerful. In John chapter 6 verse 63 just write it down. This is what Jesus said. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profit nothing. Here it goes. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the only way you and I are going to make a spiritual transfer for it to go from the spirit realm over to the flesh. Jesus said, now remember, I I said this earlier, that if for something to, to move 
something from the spirit realm, it has to be spirit. You cannot use flesh to take something out of the spirit realm. Remember, how many blessings are in the heavenly places? Oh, so how do I move those spiritual blessings over to the natural? All we have to do is what God did. Jesus told us the secret to the transfer. He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. So you and I transfer the promise from the spirit over into the manifestation of the natural by just using the proclamation of our words. That's why you can't just think it in your mind. See, some of y'all think y'all praying. Y'all not praying. Y'all just thinking. It didn't say, God said, God, uh, God thought, let there be light. And what he thought is what he saw. No. It said, and God said. So now you got to open up that fat mouth. <laughs> and use it to Transfer. Somebody say amen. I mean, you use it for everything else. Words have the power to move things in the spiritual world. And watch this. And even the natural world. And that's why Jesus said, whatever you bound on earth is what? It's bound in heaven. Well, what do I use to bind something? I use my words. Amen. And see, there are three points of word action. Say word action. Here are the three things that you have to do to transfer these spiritual blessings over into the physical realm. Here's number one, is asking. Asking. Here's number two, angels. And here's number three, affirmation. I'm going to explain all three. But the first one is asking, the second one is angels, and the third one is affirmation. Now, I want to deal with the angels one first. I know that's not the order I gave it to you, but I want to deal with the angels first. Now, in Psalm 103, verse 20, I want them to put it on the screen because I want you to watch it while I read it. Psalm 103, verse 20. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength. Watch this. That do his commandments. And they hearken to the voice, and the word voice there means the calling aloud of his word. Listen, your angels, which you have some, by the way, will not respond until you call aloud his word. Notice verse 21 goes on to say, Bless you, the Lord, all his hosts, you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Listen, angels are ministering spirits. They are here to help you and I. And in Mark chapter 1 verse 13, this is when Jesus was fasting in the wilderness. And the Bible says when he had fasted in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted of Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7 says, And of the angels, he said, who makes his angels spirits, watch this now, and his ministers a flame of fire. Verse 14 goes on to say, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation? Angels are here to help. Unfortunately, many people's angels are unemployed. They have not been deployed. 
The only thing that these ministering spirits are going to do is to respond. Watch this now. It says that they hearken to the voice of his word. They're not going to do anything that doesn't agree with his word. So God uses angels to help transfer things from this world over into this world. Remember when Daniel was praying and the Bible says he prayed in 21 days. It didn't look like something was happening. The Bible says that the king of Persia or that demonic spirit was holding up his uh, his answer and Gabriel was sent to give it. And uh, the Bible says that he had to send Michael, the warring angel, to get, watch this now, the answer that Daniel wanted. It that was over here to get it over here but see if you and I don't deploy our angels they are unemployed every weekday Pastor Evan with Landon in agreement pray every day for Landon, Heaven and the true kids at Word of Truth Family Church and this is what I pray over them That, Father, thank you that they have favor with their teachers and their friends. Thank you for surrounding them like a shield with your angels. Angels of God, protect them, protect their classrooms, and protect their school. I assign angels every day to protect our kids, whether you know it or not. What I'm saying is, why have an angel and have them doing nothing? Some of y'all's angels look like this. Everybody say, you must deploy your angels. Amen. So, when we talk about now asking, we're talking about asking. We said angels. So, let's go to asking now. Because this one right here, most of us have not put asking together like we should. Now, there are two types of asking. Asking God and asking man. See, some of you all are stuck on this side. Because all you're doing is asking God. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, my name is Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. But see, there are two ways to activate this receiving in the manifestation. You just can't ask God. Sometimes you have to ask man. Amen. Now, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, I love this verse. It's going to help us see how asking works. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, in God, that if we ask, if we ask, if we ask. Now, when I was growing up, they used to say, if if was a fifth, we would all be drunk. Some of y'all kind of slow right now, but it's okay. 1 John 5, 14. If we ask, which means it's up to you. If we ask anything according to what? His will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, watch this, 
we know that we have the petitions that we desire. How can we know that we will have what we ask for? Because we understand that our words work in heaven and on earth. And so you use your words to ask. So when asking God, we can call it saying or praying, but either one, you got to do it. In Mark chapter 11, that's why Jesus said, whosoever shall say to the mountain. But then he goes on to say, what things soever you desire when you pray. So, But when you pray it, you got to say it. And if you say it, you can say it and pray it, or you're going to pray it and say it. Or say it and pray it. Or say it, say it, say it, or pray it, pray it, pray it, whichever one. Now see, sometimes we forget that receiving in the natural involves us asking in the natural as well as well matthew chapter 7 verse 7 i love this it says ask and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be done open unto you for everyone that asks, receive it what do you think that word receive is it's lambano he said everybody that will ask will receive in the natural and he that seeks find and he that knocks it shall be open and if jesus had to ask You're going to have to ask. No, no. Jesus had to ask Peter to use his boat to preach out of. Why didn't he just send a teletopic, you know, wave in his mind and say, I'm going to send a thought to Peter to tell him to. No, no, no. He asked Peter to use his boat. When he was at the woman at the well with the woman at the well that had five husbands and he got thirsty, he didn't send that woman a thought spiritually. The Bible says he asked her for some water. He used his words to ask. In Nehemiah, when he had a call from God to go build the wall, he went and asked the king, hey, king, can I leave to go build the wall? And the king said, okay, no problem. When are you coming back? And then he said, well, king, by the way, can you just sign some papers so I can get all the wood for free? He had to ask. And maybe some of you have not because you've asked not. Amen. Last week we had a $189,000 window bill that we needed to pay. And the window people were not happy that they hadn't got the money yet. Well, I know the process. Ask. Ask God. I know some people I could ask. I know you're waiting on your boss to recommend you for the promotion. Go ask him. I, I know you see this woman that you really want to date. And she seems like she's out of your league and she probably is. But ask her anyway. What's she going to say? Women will, listen, they will prefer a a good-looking man or an okay-looking man with a great personality over great looks and no personality. Am I right, women? Amen. Ask her. This week. Ask her. I'm trying to help you. Now, there are three things that keep most people back from asking in the natural. Listen, when I asked that ministry partner about those windows, 
they transferred $200,000 into our account. And we paid the window people. I had to ask. Don't be thinking, well, they ought to know. I, no, no, no. They ought to know I want this promotion. I've been on this job 20 years. No, they just think you happy. You walking around complaining to everybody. I've been on this job for 15 years. You go home. I've been on this job 25 years. Yeah, but your boss think you happy because you ain't asked for nothing. Most people don't ask for three reasons. Number one, pride. I don't want nobody to know my business. Number two, pity. We feel so sorry for ourselves. I just feel so sorry. Get out of it. Here's number three. Phobias, fears. I'm scared to ask. They might say no. Well, they might say yeah. Now, because I'm out of time, I have two more. I'm just, I can't take my time, I hear you. Uh, but let me give you the third one real quick. Here's the third thing you have to do to bring blessings from over here to over here. is a steady praise. It starts with an SP, a steady praise. Write down Psalm 67, verse 5. It says, watch this, put this up there. Psalm uh, 67, watch this now, verse 5. is. It says, let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Watch this. Then, 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 then when? When the people praise you, it said, then shall the earth yield what? Increase. So when you and I have a praise, a steady praise, it will bring into manifestation what's over here to over here. The earth is designed to produce what you and I need if we can just praise it out of the earth. That's why praising ain't for nobody but you. Everybody say a steady praise. And then the last one, real quick, I, I know I'm skipping, but, but I want to do this one. The last one is strong perseverance. You can't give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. As you have therefore opportunity, the next verse says, Let us do good unto all men, especially to those who are the household of faith. See, fainting takes place in the mind. Because once your mind faints, your mouth is going to faint. Amen. Write down Hebrews 12, 3. It says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, who is Jesus. Watch this. Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Let me tell you how you faint your mind. When you stare on this side too much. Looking at your kids acting up. Listening to the news too much. Listen to all the rumors at work. I didn't get no amen on that one, did I? <laughs> Listen, hanging around with the wrong people. Because the wrong people are going to always say the wrong things. When you stare at this side, the natural side, too much, you will faint in your mind. But see, that's why, because we have the ability to see on both sides. We must maintain a spiritual perspective. And that's why it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose minds 
or stayed on him. What side is God on? He's on this side. And what I want to do today, stand to your feet. I want to lead you in a declaration. Because see, some of you all have said some things over your own life that's hurt you. There are some things that have been spoken over you that when you were younger, you didn't know that these were curse words. You will never amount to nothing. You'll never do anything. You won't even finish school. You'll never, no. See, those are curse words. Either words are blessing you or words are cursing you. So do you all have the declaration? I'm going to see if they have the declaration. Because I want us to read this together. Let's read it together. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that I will no longer use my words to tear down but to build up. According to Ephesians 4.29, I will let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I will use my words to speak God's word in every situation. I counsel the assignment on every negative word that I have ever spoken over myself or that has been spoken to me. I bind its power to affect me and I loose its hold and effect over my life. I declare that what I speak always comes to pass Because Jesus said, I will have what I say. And I believe that and I receive that in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap.